0: (laughs) Mm. well (laughs) hey everybody welcome back to the show my name is jaren my pronouns are he him
1: and my name is heather my pronouns are she her
0: and we are your hosts of typically divergent podcast welcome back everyone welcome back um oh my gosh okay so (laughs) i forgot to tell you something i bought a new lamp today her name is glenda
1: glenda her name is glenda
0: she's in the house now I was on my way to the salon today, and I ran into a client. Uh, her name is Mary, and she and her husband just moved here from the Chicago area to be closer to um, Cindy and her wife and their kids. She bought the love seat that went to this set. Okay. Or, I'm sorry. She didn't buy it. I told her she could have it because I was just trying to get rid of it. I wanted to go to a good home, but she was interested in it, and she took it. Today, I'm on my way up to the door at the salon, and she's walking out of um, – a resale store that's in that shopping plaza. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, Mary, is that you? And she's like, oh my God, Jaren, it's so good to see you. And I was like, that lampshade, that's beautiful nicholas Mm -hmm. and i have been looking for a lampshade that's like very like say something have you seen Tu wong fu because they have this it's a say something hat day Mm -hmm. so that's one of the parts in it so i was like that's very much like a say something lampshade Mm. nicholas and i've been looking for something like that where'd you get it and she goes i got it over there she goes there's two of them they're normally like fifty dollars a piece online brand new oh but that I got movie
1: it... i saw that actually yes oh my god are you I searching love that it up movie. right now
0: yes Core memory unlocked I... when
1: i was a kid i know Believe what it or you not. are it's like seeing a, a drag queen movie like back in the day and not
0: knowing what was going on
1: but as a kid and i loved it yeah like my parents let me watch it like i was like this is so cool
0: i know what you are you're a career girl.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I should watch that again. It's been so long. Well, okay. I would love
0: to watch it with you. I love, I love that Okay, let's movie. definitely
1: have, let's have like a little like, kind of like a slumber party movie night or something. Yeah,
0: I would. We should do it. Yeah, um, actually that would sound really good. Can we do that on the day that we go shopping? <gasps> Okay, this lamp. So she was like, "There's, there's another one inside. If you go and get it." And I was like, "All right, well, I have an appointment, so I'm gonna go cut this guy's hair, and then I'll be right back." Mm-hmm. Um, so for twelve dollars, okay, I just wanted the shade, but we're gonna stick with the whole lamp. No big deal. Um, but look, she is <gasps> beautiful. I love that. I Absolutely love vintage beautiful. vibes. So the lady, I'm checking out, and so um, you see my sweater? Mm-hmm. This is a a, a campit campground sweater which okay. is um a gay campground and like quote-unquote oh. resort they, they call themselves a resort because they have a pool
1: i love that okay
0: but tell me more so it's the first gay campground that nicholas and I ever went to like seven eight years ago i bought this sweater while we were there because i didn't pack for warm clothes okay and we were on our way home from um the upper peninsula we took a 10-day camping trip Okay. And I so didn't know a-
1: they had things like this because oh, this is awesome. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gay, gay gay, 2023. Get, get I'm gay. learning things, guys. Get okay. Gay. Tell me more about so, this.
0: So um the lady, so I'm, I'm 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 checking out and she looks down at my sweater and so it's called Camp It and she calls she goes, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I, I have to tell you this. Please don't get me in trouble. Um I read your sweater and I'm dyslexic and I immediately chimed in. I was like, Oh yes. And she yeah. goes, she goes, I thought it said armpits. <laughs> and I I looked at her and I said, Oh honey, there, there are plenty of armpits oh at this goodness. campground. I will promise you that. Oh my
1: goodness.
0: A 18 plus gay campground. I, I will let you think what you want on that one. Oh
1: my God. I love that. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready.
0: Okay. Hey everybody, welcome back.
1: Yay, welcome back, guys.
0: So, all right. Um today's episode is part 2 and we're going to be getting right into the big portion of the ep- of the research which was manifestation. So, um There is going to be a trigger warning. I am going to be discussing how manifestation and the power of thought and changing my thoughts helped me get out of a really dark place from my trauma. So we are going to be doing a little trauma talk today, folks. I'm not going to give you every single detail, but I am going to give you some of my experiences. But before that, we are going to get into manifestation. So... After understanding and practicing the laws of attraction, then where do we get the term manifestation? The following information is from, and I'm going to butcher this woman's name, um, Dr. Kinga Neek. She has a wonderful story, story. Um, I highly recommend her About Me article. Um, The website will be sourced in this week's episode. She had moved a lot as a kid and received her PhD at Nelson Mandela University and works on impact therapy, which is really big into um, emotions and understanding your emotions, which is pretty similar. A lot of the things in last week's episode and in this week's episode are pretty similar to how... EMDR therapy works and understanding your emotions and the root causes of those. And being able to change that thought is a really big thing that she works on with her patients.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: Um, Okay. Again, she has a beautiful story. I'm not going to read all about it, but I highly recommend the following information is directly from her website. Mm -hmm. Um, What does manifestation mean? Well, it is a, a holistic approach to achieving your goals. Quote, manifestation refers to a physical sign that something is happening or being solidified in reality. Manifestation essentially means to bring something tangible into your life through attraction and your belief systems. It is not enough to have superficial beliefs, desires, and goals. You have to truly believe in what you are willing to happen to you as if you are already experiencing, possessing, or living that life. So back like what Heather had mentioned last week, practicing Mm -hmm. visualizing it and understanding what that experience would feel like when it does come to you and then continue to live with those experiences.
1: It's also kind of like having faith, but without it being religious. Yes. Right? It's like having faith in something, even if you're not maybe feeling it in the moment.
0: Because you got to have faith.
1: You got to have faith. faith. faith,
0: faith. <laughs> um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, because of religious trauma, traumatic upbringings, the words like blessed, yeah. God, and yeah. um, faith automatically resonate in like christian values yeah and, and it, it gives me a
1: little it, it personally gives me cringe but that that's because that's yes. my personal reaction to it right. so that's why i said like faith but non-religious right yeah
0: right. and i mean honestly like if you don't have anything to believe in whatever that is mm-hmm. that's a very sad life to live like you, having we,
1: some level of hope yeah right
0: yeah and in real and, and organized organized religions are they all come from the same Ideal storyline. Yes. And it's all just a way for people to have a moral code to live their life, to give their life meaning and purpose. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Yes. And it's giving faith a particular almost like written down thing so that like it somehow feels more tangible that way. Yeah. And that's, that's not to say that someone is not thinking on a higher level because they believe that. Like there's a lot of stuff in mental health that would say that someone who does have religious faith Mm -hmm. you know sometimes has an easier time with mental well-being Um, but I that's why I think like it's important still to maybe like have faith but in a non-religious context and it's another way to be able to have some of that same mental well-being without attaching it to a religion which is kind of nice
0: if you follow a faith and if you are able to get mental health help and it is faith-based if that, if, that, if that is working for you, great. Yeah, exactly. It's not, I, I from my own personal opinion, faith-based therapy is not safe. There's too much bias opinions. Yes. Agreed. Maybe it's just our upbringing, but there's a lot of that whole like...
1: The toxic positivity that we talked about last week. Yeah. Where like a lot of this... The law of attraction and things can become toxic and like kind of like, well, somehow you're just going to like magically will something that's terrible that's happening to you away like that, like yeah it's, you got to get out of the situation in like a healthy format and stuff like that. Like it's, I'm sorry, but that's not how it works. Right. Like there's a, there's a line that I draw with that.
0: Yeah. This is textbook tangible things that can be changed
1: the science that at least as we know it currently we all know that there's still a lot more to learn about the brain and neural pathways and stuff but yes right as we currently know it and psych is always evolving as well as a as a medicine area
0: right and faith is great to have and sometimes some things really do need modern science to fix your problems my shaman would say that.
1: Yeah. And that's how you know they're a good one, right? Like yeah. they know where their limitations are. That's what I always say like anyone like that. Like or you know like any anyone even in medicine, right? Like you need to know oh, where yeah. your limitations are. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's key to everything, so.
0: Yeah. And when I went to my shaman when I started to experience the triggers of the trauma starting to surface at mm-hmm. the like the very very beginning of Nicholas and I getting back together at one point she did say like it does sound like it would be good for you to go to therapy i can help you reassure yourself in your belief system right now but the things that are coming to your mind are not positive and they're not from your highest good but only i can tell you that and pre- to help you acknowledge those and release them some things are so far deep that you do have to go see a professional to work on. And I'm glad I did. And then my therapist was like, don't come to me for spiritual understanding. I'm here for science. And I was like,
1: perfect. Now you got the two. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I was like, that's exactly what I needed.
0: (laughs) Just uh, validate my experiences, please. And she's, oh yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah. Yep. Yeah, like I'm still going to talk about these because this is my experience as a whole, but like validate this side and then this person can validate that
0: side. <laughs> Sorry, I was back on yeah. the whole spelled with a W thing oh, from goodness. last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, So all of this starts with your nervous system. So let's start there. Your essential nervous system is composed of the brain, spinal cord, and peripheral nervous system, which is your cranial, spinal, and peripheral nerves. Good job, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you very much. I love the way that those all just kind of like came out of my mouth like gold. Yes. He did a
1: very good job on pronunciating all of those medical things. Thanks,
0: uwu-mami. Mm, You're welcome. This this is the part of the body that gives us the ability to think, feel, do, and be. It gives Mm -hmm. us the power to experience life through our very own eyes, both uh, all metaphorically, holistically, and spiritually speaking. And manifestation starts with the utilization of your nervous system to work for you in the sense of being able to think, act, and believe to your core, the life that you want. And whether we call it manifestation or not, our nervous system is programmed to align the outer world with our inner self state. Here's a little trauma talk. Okay, so um, on September 9th of 2018... And I had mentioned that I had a a a traumatic spiritual awakening that also brought a traumatic event that happened shortly after. What discredits my spiritual experience with the medical profession is that I, during a time of some serious heartbreak, I took a recreational drug habit and it started to become a full blown problem, and it escalated to it escalated from uh, trigger warning for drug abuse. It escalated from cocaine to meth, and I was on a three day binge, and um, I had a spiritual awakening with somebody who I can now accept. That He was abusive. He was not a full-on abuser because the abusive parts that I received from him were just parts of him. At his core, he was a victim, and I'm not going to ever say his name on the show. If you know me personally and you know this person, I don't wish any ill intentions on him, and I do hope for the best for him and that he gets the healing that he needs and that he can live the life that he truly deserves, whatever that is. I trauma-bonded with him, and the spiritual awakening part was that I decided to quit using the drugs and I had skipped a timeline and had seen all of these other timelines of myself live and die. All these timelines of me died because they continued to abuse um, heavy substances and I passed a test because I chose to quit using those drugs. But then the, um, Traumatic portion of this event, the drug-induced psychosis came after that, and I was hallucinating that this other individual was um, a demon. Later, I find out through therapy that demons come up in my life because um, of my religious upbringing. I am with this individual for a couple years through. That time that we were together, I was not happy because I was not in love with him. Um, I didn't love him in the way that I wanted to because I was looking at this relationship as uh, we trauma bonded. We went through this big thing together. I have to be with this man because he was there through all of it. Deep down to my core, I had wished and hoped and wanted him to be Nicholas because that was the man that I had always loved. And my... Um, stepmom, Terry, who I call Mama Terry. Hi, Mom, I love you so much. Um, she would even say that when Nicholas and I were apart, I would still talk about how much Nicholas was the one that got away, and how he would always be the man that I would ever want to be with. One day, Nicholas and I crossed paths, and before that, we had a moment where we he reached out to me to bury the hatchet of our relationship to have some closure, and I was hoping that maybe we'd be getting back together. But uh, he was not ready at that time. And I was not ready either. A couple, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, I ran into him at a grocery store. And we reconnected very quickly. And I kept thinking about him. And it was like, this was fate. Like, this is my chance. And so the drama that ensued of of that was... I was still with my now ex and I was emotionally attached to somebody else. So my heart was cheating and I was making points to talk and see Nicholas. That You couldn't keep us apart from each other because our love was so strong. I was making points to lie to this other person that I was with so that I could spend time with Nicholas because... I I still just, I had to be sure if this is what I wanted to do. I made the decision to leave the other relationship because at the end of the day, it's not fair to him to continue stringing him along, hoping that he will be Nicholas. And Nicholas, who I've always wanted to have in my life, is back in my life. And we are both clean and sober and ready to have a health, happier, healthier life together. And we um, can communicate and we've gone through all of this growth separately and fate is bringing us back together after nicholas and i got back together um during that time that we were apart i did have a couple more spiritual awakenings there are nothing too big to get into detail about when nicholas and i got back together a couple days after we had gotten back together he came over to um, a place i was living at at the time and I told him that there were some things that I had to tell him that I had been hiding from him that I had done wrong when we were together the first time. Essentially, I was confessing uh, my wrongdoings. I was letting my ego go because I needed to have a clean slate with this man. I had a a similar spiritual awakening uh, while I was with him, and I saw the beautiful life. I had these visions of this beautiful life that he and I can have. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be 100% easy. But I always knew that I was never meant to have an easy life, but I'm not meant to have a hard life either. When I came back to, from the spiritual experience, when I looked at him, I saw this really dark figure in his eyes and I became very afraid. And he asked me, he goes, do you want me to leave? And in my heart, I said, I love this man. I'm safe. And I said, no. We continued to date for about a year um, until we got engaged back in um, New Year's Eve a couple weeks ago. Um, The point that took me to the part where I had to go get help was um, the trauma from my childhood, um, my past relationships, and my drug abuse were surfacing because I had been running away from them for too long. And I would tell heather heather would come to the salon and i would cry and i would say i think i am losing my mind i think i'm going i think i'm like schizophrenic and Mm. i i am losing my shit here and she reassured me i was not i had been i had gone through a lot i was discrediting the experiences that i was having because in my head it was just like it's just mental stuff it's no big deal But I had a lot of stuff just really intermingled with each other and was manifesting themselves in really scary ways of my life. I became very afraid of the people that I loved the most. I became afraid of um, Heather. I became afraid of my brother. And the trauma wanted me to isolate myself from everybody else. And I knew deep down in my heart that that was not right. My nervous system was really fucked up. um, And so I could not figure out if it was my gut feeling or if it was um, the negativity that was haunting me, that was telling me these things, but I knew I had to get into therapy. And so over the course of uh, several talk down therapy appointments, which my and in, in some of my research, they talk about how there's so much disconnect between your head and your body. And my therapist is always like, you know, traditional therapy is disconnect, disconnect here at the head with talk down therapy. But with EMDR, we are going up and down, left and right. We are using bilateral stimulations to dig deep into the core of our traumas and to figure out where these things are coming from. By finding the core belief system, so like you talk about core values, she would say, we need to find your positive core beliefs. So then we're going to I can't remember if it was uploading the negativity or downloading the negativity and then like doing the opposite with the positivity, but we would upload all of the hurt. And then once we would get to the point where it's like, that's it, that's, that's the cause for this core, this negative core belief that you have. All right. So now let's switch that. So what's the opposite of that? So it would be like, I would start to think like, because I've experienced the multiverse I'm living in some sort of other reality that's like hell and like everybody around me is like in on this because that's what I believed that I was in before when really I was surrounded with a lot of people who loved me and I was safe and the trauma was not allowing me to believe that but I believed deep down in my core that I I loved these people and that I was safe. We would flip the inversion of that negative core belief into a positive one and then we would then download that positive thought. So Whenever I would have these negative thoughts, because we were able to make one positive branch, we go back to that one. And then eventually, that becomes strong enough, and then we can create more. So eventually, with several sessions of EMDR, I was able to essentially rebuild those pathways in my mind. I had a spiritual awakening on my way home from um, Nicholas's dad's Christmas visit in Michigan on the 27th of December. And another day when we get into numerology, I'll also explain why the numbers of these dates are so important. But I was able to utilize those tools that my therapist had been giving me to connect with my inner child at a point when I was having another panic attack. And I connected with my inner child so deeply to the point where I am now feeling the natural flow of the universe and I'm no longer fighting against it and I would say I jumped another timeline. Some people might think I'm a little out of my head. If what I believe in is giving is bringing me so much positivity then I don't see how anybody could say that what I believe in is ludicrous. Mm -hmm. when people believe that there's only one specific sky God that created all of this Mm -hmm. through manifesting the things that I truly wanted unconditional love this life with Nicholas, the times that the trauma would come in and be like, you're in danger, you're in danger. And I would have to fight so hard to shut them down. When I was able to then make those branches within my mind and find the root core of my trauma and connect with the inner child I was able to then finally provide myself with the life that I have always wanted and I know that I'm going to have it because I had visions of it happening two weeks ago and I was like I know what my life's going to be like but I just don't have to put the effort into it you still have to put the effort into those things. Mm -hmm. That's that toxic manifest that I'm going to manifest this. Okay. Then do the work. So that is my experience with manifestation, the power of thought, all of these things that we've been talking about. I knew that one day the time would be right for me to share that. And I didn't know how I was going to share that. And if Mm -hmm. anybody is interested in, more of it. I'd be more than willing to talk about it because in the past there would be shaking in my Mm -hmm. voice because Mm -hmm. I would be so scared to talk about it. And there was a moment where I could have given all of this up because fear was taking over my life. And I had said on the new year's episode that courage was my year for this last year because I really pushed forward against a lot of fear with courage at my side mm-hmm. and those those things have to exist hand in hand you can't have one without the other that is my story and that is why I know that I am a star seed because of that very first night
1: I think that was really good though and Thank I you. appreciate you talking about it again and bringing it up with new perspective
0: and I, I did forget to mention this at the beginning <laughs> of the episode but the reason why I decided that today was going to be the time that we talked about it was because of the tarot card that I drew
1: Okay, so why don't you tell us about that tarot card?
0: So I drew, um, the card is called Forge, Don't Follow. Become the leader that you wish that you had. Don't wait for someone's guidance or direction to forge a path that you haven't already walked yet. The most courageous and needed leaders are the ones who don't wait for permission. And to step forward and speak out for those who are being misrepresented because of the research that I was putting into this episode, I was, I was like, wow, this is really um, interesting how that's kind of like coming up. And I was like, today's the day. Yeah. So um,
1: there was something that you talked about with manifestation and I think it like, it can relate a little bit. And again, I, I don't want to comment too much, honestly on your experience. Cause I think it speaks for itself. Um, at the same time, just something related that when you have new thought processes even positive ones there is the risk of bringing up trauma pain and other issues along mm-hmm. the way and i think you sharing your experience it can be really validating for other people that are listening and saying like look i'm actually i'm trying to do this path where i'm doing more positive things and i'm trying to think this way and now all of a sudden it's like bringing up this stuff or like we've talked about a trigger warning already for this episode but like bringing up almost like a ptsd type of effect where like i can't identify I, i mean i still get that once in a while where i can't identify where this is coming from specifically you know what part of my past Mm -hmm. um and then having to go through and process that and that's part of that journey and i think it's important to take pauses to process those yeah so um i think just being prepared to have those things happen as you move through something is important too
0: manifestation is not a shortcut um and i have in parentheses i believe this is where the popular toxicity comes into Mm -hmm. play Mm -hmm. because it is important for you to follow through with your intentions manifestation is probable and working when they align with your personal belief systems and we can create or change those belief systems through visual audio and physical repetition the science behind this is neuroplasticity The neural networks within the brain are able to adapt and change through growth and recognition. This is when the brain is being rewired from a previous setting to a new one and with time, patience, and practice, the brain, or in this case the nervous system, is then able to create new branches of thoughts, feelings, and responses to certain things. Once the connection is made and the more it is practiced, the stronger those channels become. In turn, the ability for more and new channels can start to build and strengthen as well, Um, almost like a snowballing effect. And it does take practice, truly, just like starting to play or practice a new instrument.
1: Yeah, that's what it's like so interesting about the brain, right? Because like really no other organ system is like that. And we still don't fully know like every aspect of this, but I think it's been a Uh, I don't know, like, how recent, but I think within our lifetime, you know, so within the last 30 years, that they have discovered that level of, like, neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think it's interesting when we talk about this that, like, the neural pathways, I, I want to say and I believe that some of the aspects of negative sides of mental health, mental health diagnoses um you know ptsd and things like that are caused by negative connections that are rewired from trauma and so in a way you could argue that this is actually sort of in a way like a a form of treatment Mm -hmm. and to battle against that yep um we have to find ways to rewire it in new ways or to like rewire the bad wiring right like I, i like to think of it that way
0: yeah Um, It is, however, not right to try empowering others through your own manifestations. Mm -hmm. Um, We are able to perform these practices or rituals, and it is not fair to push those onto others. It is true that we all come from different backgrounds or offer opportunities, and we we don't all have the same physical and sometimes mental capacities or capabilities. But generally speaking, We all do have a bit of power within us and it is only your job to own that power and turn your dreams into reality. Only you control your mind and how you see the world.
1: That comes up a lot with like, with that toxic positivity like you were talking about too yeah. right like if and and it can even still come from a place of love and it can be a sort of like an accidental toxic positivity too right cuz like you can want the best for let's say a friend and let's say you got to a certain point in and like let's say in therapy right mm-hmm. you get to a certain point in therapy or you deal with an issue and you find out your friend is going through something similar and so through like a form of relating to them you're like, "Oh, well like, why don't you just do this?" and it's like, "Well, but maybe that's not the answer for them or maybe they're having trouble thinking that way right now." Um, I kind of think this is some form of gaslighting sometimes.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Like, so you can end up having an issue where if you quickly just either do a form of projection or say like, "Oh, well, I solved it this way. You could just do it this way too." And it's like Remember to listen to, you know, your friends or whoever, whoever in this relationship we're talking about, Um, hear them out, try to make sure that you're validating their experience Mm -hmm. and don't just necessarily like it's another. This is a more complex version of being like, do we want to listen or do we want solutions?
0: Oh, yeah. sometimes
1: asking that in the middle of a conversation can be really helpful in mm-hmm. setting up those expectations because a lot of times people don't actually want solutions they really it's... just want to either vent to you mm-hmm. talk to you um and and i know i do it myself i i i now try to word it as like do you want some thoughts or advice or you know just asking that before you... we go and just be like oh well why don't you just pray about it or why don't you just like make it go out of your head like that should work right
0: do you want me to listen do you want some advice or do you want some help
1: yes what are are the goals in this conversation sometimes can help make sure that we even no matter what even though we we always think we're coming even if we think we're coming from a positive standpoint maybe to the other person we're not because that's not what they were looking for and they're having trouble processing like you know for in a more positive standpoint and they're not they might have trouble getting to where we are in this moment. Yeah. Uh, even if it is coming from a point of love and positivity and really wanting that for someone, you can't just make it happen and manifest it, force it on someone else. That that is right. really not what manifestation is about. They need to go through their own journey which is unique and you should if you care about them, you should validate that their journey is going to be different from yours. Right. Even if it reaches the same solution. Or is about the same sort of problem.
0: Oh, uh, one last thing on manifestation, because mm-hmm. uh, I know that you're going to talk about some witchcraft stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so with intention setting and stuff, guys, I've um, I don't know if it's specifically spell crafting, but I can feel myself when I say certain things. I whispered positive intentions into your glass of water a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I whispered a spell into that banana bread batter before we baked it (laughs) your thoughts Mm -hmm. and your words have such great power and it like i told heather once i was like it feels like gold coming out of my mouth sometimes because it's like i know that what i am saying is exactly what needs to be said and it feels so right so
1: it's like matching that vibration matching that energy that like yes of what of what that intention is it's like it's almost like a validation that you're like in the right zone with it kind of thing yes yes so
0: um when it comes to witchcraft updates i am getting into spell crafting and that is just using my words right now i love it and i congratulations and i thank you i think when it comes to like the whole like ritual of like burning something and like creating um like a pot of stuff Mm -hmm. i think all of those things if anything it just amplifies the intentions yeah It's really the words and then in your intentions that you're putting out that create that spell. And I'm not saying I don't need that stuff because I still want to do that stuff. But if you don't know where to start, just start with your words.
1: Absolutely. From what I've been learning, even as a beginner, that like any or most of the spellcraft like goes back to the words and what you're going to write down. Yeah. And then... What you do about it, or a particular ritual, is like a ritual around that mm-hmm. that helps with, let's say, an intention or what you're trying to make happen manifest. Yeah, and here we have like basically witchcraft manifestation, right? <laughs> right, like that's that's pretty much witchcraft in a nutshell, right. as as it as it pertains to the modern stance. Yes. Um and obviously there's there's still a lot more to it but yes from its most basic forms that's kind of what it is yeah yeah i want to first start with actually there is an article about manifestation that i wanted to share and i i really liked it because it talked about the balance of making something happen and keeping in mind that you don't just like wish it to be and it's just going to magically happen like boom like right there um and you know stuff that we talked about last week and then going into this week and this you know the stuff that you brought up about actual manifestation so before getting into the actual more the witchcraft stuff but it does involve an author or um a person that the author talked to that is involved in witchcraft. So I thought it, it's a nice transition. Okay. So this is a Refinery29 article. Hell yeah, Refinery29. Love me some Refinery29. They always have some good shit. Um, so it talks about the author Elizabeth uh, Gulino or Julino with a G. Her journey through rediscovering manifestation from middle school when The Secret was a popular hit. Oh my god. Last week to asking about it again since the repopularization of the manifest term in social media. So she discusses this with Sarah Potter, who is a tarot reader, a professional witch, as well as um, a lot of her practice deals with color magic. Basically, the secret, as we talked about last week, advocates for the law of attraction. But while manifesting is about turning your dreams into reality, what some people miss, including... (laughs) the author's middle school self is that it requires you to take concrete actions towards the thing that you want. Yep. She talked about last week, talking about again a little bit today here. So, <laughs> I love this because this reminded me of right, reminded me of me so much as a younger kid, thinking her school crush into asking her to be his girlfriend while also not doing anything about it herself wasn't exactly manifesting. Nope. Let me just say, you guys, that when I first was interested in witchcraft, which back then was heavily just like Wiccan, Wicca, like from the 90s, um, but this was something when I was in middle school that I like started to explore for, I don't know, maybe like about a year. So like that brief period of time. So similar time period of her. It's like I did this thing where I was like, I thought I was going to manifest like, you know, a cool boyfriend or something like that. And like, yeah, no. Does d- didn't work that way, guys. Just yeah, it doesn't work that way, um, according to Sarah Potter. Um, so that's the the witch that she was talking to. I don't want to spread the belief that if you sit and think and think good thoughts all the time, everything you want happens. That's not reality. That's not manifestation. That's spiritual bypassing and denial of pain and trauma. But the author goes on to explain an example that she thinks well describes actually manifesting one of her major goals in life. So I, I like this because it was a good, more realistic example. Um, so she envisioned working at a dream outlet, including Refinery29 after graduation, she looked into these media outlets, subscribed to them and started to familiarize herself with their branding. She started to imagine herself as part of the staff and like how she would like work through an interview with them, like take notes on like, you know, their values as a company, maybe more in their like, you know, down below at the end of a website you can see like careers and info about, you know, these places. She then supplemented with concrete actions. She worked hard in college, applied to internships, Networked, obtained fellowships, and applied aggressively at that to a variety of jobs after graduation. Refinery29 wasn't her first gig, so recognizing that this isn't, you know, she didn't get there right away, um, but she eventually found herself there after moving up. Uh, The author also recognizes that there is sometimes degrees of privilege involved. For example, she was able to take low paying internships and fellowships to help build her profile. Not everyone can do that or as easily. And I thought that was a really good, important note to mention as well, because it relates to a different note I had that stemmed from a different article about how with that quick fix and and instant gratification. it is also important to recognize both privilege and disadvantage in the current society and navigating through these in the process is applicable. Um, and we hadn't really touched on that so mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure to bring that up because being grateful for the privileges that we've been given to get us to a point where we are is important and also recognizing that sometimes certain people are in certain disadvantages or you yourself, that might make that journey take longer, not that you can't be, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't and couldn't try and be successful at it, just that you might have to do things differently than other people. For example, um, to get a certain job, you might need a certain college degree. So some people have parents who can get them through, let's say, medical school, no cost to the the person in school. Others have no means to obtain it and will need to rely on multiple minimum wage jobs, scholarships, and fortunately, school loans. The second person can still do it, but they face additional barriers, and it may take them longer to get into school. They may face more challenges in school due to the many jobs that they also have to work. So I think that's where the author was coming from, and I really liked her touch on that because... Just recognizing that and that not everyone's in the same place and your journey is unique is important.
0: Exactly. And
1: then Potter, again, the witch that was being interviewed, also explained that when we succeed, it also may overlook like what we asked for and envisioned, but it might not be 100% accurate to what we thought or predicted would happen to get there or all of those exact details. Yeah. So getting that general end goal result is awesome, but the journey might take some different paths, Mm -hmm. um, might need to take some pauses, uh, or the details of exactly how that goal was achieved might be a little bit different. I wanted to include that because I'm reflecting on it even in this moment, and it makes me feel like, okay, I need to remind myself of that even today, that if i can remind myself of this thing it will also make me feel more likely to want to try in the first place yeah so with adhd and dopamine issues we struggle with the execution yeah and wanting to start or to try to begin with because so much is set in stone of feeling like why why would i bother why would i try like it needs to be done this way or exactly that way or to this degree or like otherwise i don't have the energy for it but do you have energy to do part of it? And maybe it doesn't have to go exactly that way. But getting into, you know, how this can be as witchcraft. So modern witchcraft does utilize various aspects of manifestation philosophy, um, tends to be in a more ritualistic manner, um, and the specifics can be more detailed. And I, again, it's like you can relate that to... How re- different religions use this too, oh, and yeah. their details and how they do it or how they perform it. And to be very honest, much of religion has very ritualistic components. I know, I know the word ritual is like they're associated with witchcraft, and then comes with these negative connotations by people who are religious, who judge against witchcraft. But literally,
0: everything you do, they are all the
1: frickin' same. Like it's just a belief system of doing something that also in the end carries similar values.
0: Yeah. It's just a different deity. Yeah. And different And you don't even names. have to have
1: one, but you can still have these same again like a non-religious like faith in a process or in a philosophy type yeah. of thing. Um so the first thing I do want to um, mention is I do have a book recommendation. It's called The Witch's Guide to Manifestation, Witchcraft for the Life You Want by Mystic Dylan. They have been a practitioner for at least 10 years. Um, and I it is something that I would really like to purchase for myself eventually here. One of the biggest themes of all of this, and I know, Jaren, you mentioned this uh, a little bit, what is setting intentions. Um, the process of setting intentions is related to basically everything that we talked about last episode and this. So what that means is basically you are committing to a goal. You're thinking about something that you want or wish to do and focusing on it. You visualize some of the steps in that journey and then part of that setting, that intention becomes, you know, sort of that ritual, but you often write it down. You may bless it. Um, keep it and then burn after a period of time in which it has been accomplished at that point you know aspects of spellcraft so you know burying uh, like the paper that you wrote the intention on perhaps um, placing those papers on your altar um, while you're in the midst of trying to make these things happen uh, near crystals that may hold similar energy to that which you're trying to achieve or manifest into reality so going back Back to um, I had points under this from that same Refinery29 article um, and Sarah Potter, again, herself being a professional witch and a color witch specifically, um, said to be very clear with that intention. Um, So where we take this from just being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make this happen and like then it never happens is, again, even in witchcraft, we relate this to the fact that once we have a goal in mind, or an intention of something that we want to happen. So we're setting that intention is we then have to come up with a plan and we come up with certain Mm -hmm. steps or mini goals that get us to that larger goal. So being very clear with that intention, have a plan. Um, What can you do to make these things happen? Think on those things, write them down, picture people and places and your environment, perhaps like at that end goal and what you want that to look like and sometimes visualizing that while you're meditating, you know, perhaps around near your altar in a really good positive environment. And a lot of um, witches will say is like setting up your environment is half the work, right? Yeah. Um, and being in a good state of mind to go into that sort of meditative state where you can really on a higher level um, think about the place where you are, the people around you that you're surrounding yourself with when that goal is reached, how does that look? And then, you know, take notes on that, write that down so that you can remind yourself of that. And then, take it to the next step and think about all of those things at certain points along the way. Like maybe you have like, what does your first step look like? <sighs> Cause maybe the first step is like, that's your first action point, right? So once you have that first action point or the like, or the first mini goal, let's say, then do that same thing. But with that, and then in order to let's say be, uh, with kinder people in one's life, try to work harder on eliminating current toxicity. Cleanse oneself of, you know, toxic relationships, both personally and in relationships. Ensure you are also doing the things to express the kindness that you wish to receive. Yeah. So the witch from the Refinery Twenty Nine article, Sarah Potter, goes on to say that um, some different suggestions that she has, and I really like these examples, so of course I included them. <laughs> um, is Grounding oneself to moon cycles. So we can definitely do an entire episode or two on moon magic and moon cycles, stuff like that. We still plan to even go into like, I know we talked about like the natal charts and going into details and that more. So we definitely have plans for this. But briefly, the new moon is good for new intention setting. Yes. So it's... If you can find out when, you know, like the next new moon is, that's a great time to really think about what I was talking about earlier. So your intention setting and actually getting, you know, that bigger goal in mind, dream as big as you want, but then taking it into like the steps, including that first action step. And then the full moon is a really good time to release obstacles and energy blocks. yeah, so letting go of negativity so that we can move forward. So mm-hmm. perhaps, you know, like we talked about realistically, getting to that angle, you know, whether small, large, whatever, it, you're probably going to run into some obstacles or, you know, those that you did expect in the first place or those that you didn't expect. Again, doesn't mean that we shouldn't like, focus on these and then have those negative thoughts, you know, again, have that positive mindset. Um, but this can be a really great way to release that and let go and process it. Um, so it's like a witchy version of like processing through some of the, um, obstacles that we're facing and then finding a way to change our mindset
0: Mm -hmm. back to
1: the goal And getting back onto, um, you know, that positive path to on that journey. Yeah. Um, So moon cycles, if you can get, you know, into them can help set a rhythm of focus is basically what she's saying. So like if you can get into this type of thing, it can kind of also help you focus. So like, let's say in February, and this is just like my personal example, you know, I'm going to set an intention on what did you say? February 20th yes and then you know i run into some issues that full moon you know i use that to like kind of process through that and like recognize that and then we're going to keep moving forward Mm -hmm. then the next cycle let's say this is a little bit of a longer goal so now i'm gonna like work on those intentions if i don't have anything else and i want to keep working on this one maybe i'm setting intentions for some of those mini goals and some of those first steps in the plan that i'm currently working on and how do i want to get to my next step and so like you know kind of getting that intention more focused on what i'm doing right now in relation to that bigger goal yes um so that's just an example So then there's the ritual aspects um, with the intention setting. So, you know, there's a variety of different styles of magic. We obviously can do different episodes on each one, um, but – you know, there's candle magic. That's one that a lot of people think of, um, particular flowers or herbs and using colors to match the energy or focus of the desired goal at hand using crystals. Like I mentioned earlier, um, for example, if we're looking to manifest for a promotion in one's career, um, Sarah mentions writing a letter of intention, placing it under an orange candle and meditating on that intention while watching the candle burn, then step back, let it go and see how it unfolds. Do not necessarily hyper-focus on it all at once. So also remembering that, like, you know, we're going to meditate on this for a while, but, you know, we don't just obsess over this continuously. Right. Um, that can also be unhealthy. And I know we talked about that at least briefly in the first part of this. Yeah. Um, and then just to mention for those who are beginners like myself i had to look this up and remind myself orange as a color in magic represents creativity and confidence
0: it is also attached to your sacral chakra
1: oh there you go oh yeah and i know you you like learning more about the the chakra Mm -hmm. uh type things and i i definitely do not have as much knowledge in that could learn some more so good thought
0: i would that makes me want to push for orange and hear more
1: Yes, and for creativity and confidence. Yes, yeah. well, we're recording the podcast. I like mm-hmm. that.
0: Yep, I am going <sighs> magic to, in the paint. I am going to go ahead and say that I will probably not paint this room for at least three more months. But at least we know go. we're going in the <gasps> direction of orange.
1: Yes. Hey, manifestation.
0: Well, I almost working, said, I'm going to manifest this, this. <laughs> but I was like, nah, I don't want to say that. Working
1: on it, hey, but it's with positivity and intention, right? Like this, that's a more simple thing, and I. But that's not to trivialize it, right? Like if we're thinking about it in that way, like thinking about it in that way with smaller things allows us to believe in it for the bigger things yeah. when it's harder to. Right? Yeah. I have trouble believing in that for myself a lot of times, but I'm I'm in it for now. I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> um but trusting in the process not to obsess over it too much um always also showing gratitude for what you already have and how far you are on the path to that goal so you know reminding yourself just don't be too hard on yourself throughout this process
0: Right, and that folks we all know that stuff yes
1: um, so there's a column called Ask a Witch um, in Nylon Magazine uh, with an indigenous healer and herbalist. And I am probably super white person butchering this, and I do apologize. I am trying to pronounce her name Napa as best Quetzali. as I can. But Napa Ketsali. That's what I would say. Martinez. So basically they said we can manifest manifest our wildest dreams, but again, similar to what Sarah said, action is vital. Be honest about your capacity and dedication and also limitless in your vision of possibility. So there's a focus on devotion, action, and gratitude. And so I really, really love this article because it it gave a lot of um, perspective from someone who um, works through indigenous spirituality and culture. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, really cool. And as part of that, this person really got into more of the deity and faith spirituality aspect of that. Mm-hmm. So again, as I've said in prior episodes, when we're talking about witchcraft applications, you can go more route that is non- deity focused you don't have to believe in a plurality of gods whether that you know like a pagan style you can believe in you know work with one deity that like represents things that you care about like i know for me like with persephone for example you know other people do not that is okay too um but she gets into more of that side of things so just to you know clarify before we get into that with manifestation she speaks to relationships and offerings as one of the first themes so right into it working with ancestors patron deities spiritual guides these can help protect against negative forces and help us overcome obstacles tend tending and upkeeping the altar to that deity or those ancestors if you practice in this way and wish to petition them honor the spirits so if you are working with spirits ancestors deities and this is something that I I mean across the board I've always heard I've never heard anything different from this and I think she expressed it very well but if you're asking for something of them you best be giving something in return and Mm -hmm. honoring them like you are giving respect and and I think this is where like that also relates to religion too right like you if you are asking or hoping for something and working with a god you want to show them respect
0: so I have a question when we start because I would like to start uh with Hecate Mm -hmm. um if you're giving food or drink how long do you let that sit there
1: I know that that's so I so I haven't read too much into this like the practical application of that Okay. Like too much when I've read a couple things about Persephone, for example, and like uh, pomegranates are mm-hmm. a huge theme with her. Um, a lot of people. So I mentioned before, even with intention setting is burying things. Mm-hmm. So just burying it and letting it become compost. Okay. So like, you know, but it is important to not, I, I think in a lot of people's practice with witchcraft, because you're, you're feeling grounded to the earth yep. is you don't want to waste. So if you are offering food, and from a spiritual sense, and now that food in a physical format is decaying, we can put it back in the earth. Okay. So composting, basically. Okay.
0: So um, there is like a, when it's time for it to go, put it in the ground. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. I we, was like, we don't have it, like, to let oh, all the
1: fruit flies start coming around right. your place of worship. We right. d- And also you could argue that that could be disrespectful in a different sense, right? Like you're, yeah. you're bringing in things that a representative of decay around the spirits that you're trying to honor. So we don't want that either. So I think it's almost like that also encourages us to take care of the, the physical form of the food, right? Like if you think of it on a spiritual level, the food is providing like a spiritual form of look, I'm offering like either like, like friendship or like I would like to respect you and can I work with you and think things like that again beginner level here but this is what i understand of it so far
0: <laughs> i'm just i'm just excited to know that when it's time for it to go <laughs> you have, I can, a I have a solution that it's okay for me to get rid yes. of it and yes. to do what to do with it
1: and then an, another thing and i thought this was really really awesome to hear this as another way to do things so let's say that doesn't work out though and we also know as much as One could argue that if you're working with a deity and a God that you believe in, that they are powerful enough that you should be willing to sacrifice food and things like that. We do understand that like human limitations, food is expensive right now, especially even our basics. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, another thing that she mentioned is giving back to the community, help others. It's the concept of we give energy if we take energy. Yeah. Giving energy without expectations in return and making a pattern of this helps even further. So that's like, you know, like donating your time, donating, it can be money, but donating your time especially and a sense of energy and giving to others, even at a time when you're not expecting something special in return or for something to go the right way is a really great way to set yourself up for future success. Yeah. And it helps to help others. And also, so like relationships and offerings, like the other theme of this is, you know, perhaps you don't know exactly how your intention in the first place is going to look, but maybe through your faith in this deity or even multiple deities, again, paganism in itself, um, is asking for guidance. So asking for guidance, asking for signs to kind of just even help you format that. Um, So that's why that can still be a first step. Um, Then focus. So, you know, again, dream as big as you want as the other, which also said, but also preparing for that work. Try to minimize doubt and negativity and planning. So hence the positive affirmations Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the laws of attraction that you talked about last week, keeping a positive inner dialogue, focusing on what can be done and not the cannot. Again, like we talked about last week, hence... This all can relate to witchcraft. (laughs) Yay. Um, Visualizing the end goal and the steps in between. Visualizing visualizing can be quite powerful and refocus on that goal regularly. I have to say that felt really validating because I wrote that section on intention setting by myself from what I had like learned from reading Mm. uh, my reading journey about witchcraft so far. Like I didn't copy and paste that that was my own thing and then when I read that I was like oh that's that's validating I'm learning something (laughs) um and then this part was so cool um but she talked about grounding so find a place that is special spiritually someplace with nature and grounding to the earth is common According to the author, and again, they come from an indigenous background, rivers and bodies of water can be potent manifestation portals. So, water helps to purify energy and gives magic momentum. Working with sacred and old trees and focusing on the strong root work to strengthen and give a foundation to the goal and desire. Another example mountains, or if you live near really big hills that overlook large areas, they can be representative of giving you perspective, allowing us to broaden our view and help in figuring out that action plan. Then fire gives rise to transmutation or change and is often used to cut out toxicity and purge old energies. So you can use that, of course, to, you know, if you're heading into something with a lot of challenges already, perhaps, you know, you can start, with that. And, mm-hmm. and, and obviously, you said along with your journey, um, and always giving thanks and gratitude to the spirits or deities you work with and give thanks to the land itself. Um, I think that this is a really good reminder here, and where there's a lot of talk in current witchcraft practices of like, where does our witchcraft come from? So some of it comes from, um, you know, there are European pagan beliefs, um, there are um, Asian. Related beliefs and then there are also indigenous and native beliefs Mm -hmm. that a lot of it can like combine come from and I do think it's really interesting that people from all over the world that practice in a more um, spiritualistic potentially a more pagan or rituals and witchcraft type of aspects that there's this common theme of connecting with the land And what it is able to provide for us in that um, they this author talked about that ebb and flow of energy. Right. So like in order to take energy, we must give energy. And I always thought that that was a theme of witchcraft with European routes as well.
0: I agree. (laughs)
1: Did you have a moment? Did you lose me there?
0: No, I <laughs> I am taking what you skipped over and cutting it and putting it below where you're at now. Well at the end of where oh, you're at. Oh, for your own so that thing? so that you are you won't get lost in your sauce. Oh,
1: I know where I am. But, oh, okay. but I under, okay.
0: But no, I agree with you because um I feel that positive craft is gonna give then receive and negative is gonna take. Yes. Then give.
1: Yes. And I guess what I'm trying to say is honoring the contributions of different cultures. Oh, yeah. And like being, <laughs> no, that's not to say that you were ignoring like, the way you like. <laughs> no. no, no, that's no. no, no I'm no. just saying like, I was trying to figure out what I meant by like the interesting aspects about some of them, like differing practices, even within uh, spiritualistic, ritualistic pagan witchcraft practices, um, have similarities. And I think it's important to honor the different cultures that they come from. Um, especially if you don't, if you weren't raised of that culture too, and All also right. being respectful of, um, you know, we haven't gotten into like <sighs> witchcraft in the sense of like the different materials we use and stuff like that. But let's say, you know, like one of the biggest examples in recent days, uh, recent days, but like in the last couple of years has been recognizing that, um, like sage and practices. Right. And, um, uh, I think that's one of them, but like white sage specifically and taking that away from indigenous people mm-hmm. of America. Mm-hmm. And there are right ways potentially to use it, especially if you were given that as a gift from them, or if you get it from the right sources. Um, but there's been a lot of sort of like, abuse and over-commercialization of it that has actually taken it away from the people who actually need it and would like and, and use it every day in their practice. Yeah. Um, and it originates from their culture. So being respectful of that and learning about that as you go is, is really important too. Yeah. Um, but I really liked how she went over the different elements mm-hmm. and how those we know that the the four elements so that being air earth fire and water Mm -hmm. um in witchcraft um, but how those aspects of the natural world can help us with actual intention setting and manifestation yeah i thought that was really cool so timing she mentioned can also be important so morning gives us the sort of like the vibes right of fresh energy new pathways and looking ahead it's good timing to actually plan out what you want to manifest and make a plan Um, at night night is a great time to let go of the material world limitations so keeping a dream journal and also setting intentions prior to bed. And then um, potentially getting into, if one is interested, lucid dreaming. So visualizing the goal within a dream. And it's like that concept of kind of entering like more of a spiritual world mm-hmm. and yeah. being aware of yourself in mm-hmm. the dream. Um, it's I I don't know if it's like technically a metaphysical concept or spiritual concept, but... I didn't look into it too far, but I know of it, Mm -hmm. um, and that's sort of the basis for it. Yeah, Um, you kind of have to try to get yourself into a meditative state to try to like elicit it happening. (laughs) Yeah, Um, because I've actually tried. I've tried. Yeah, and I think it's worked for me like maybe two or three times. Um, in the way that I understand it and have been able to make it work. Um, but the only time I've ever
0: been been able to properly astral project have been times when I've been like so exhausted (laughs) that when I am astral projecting. I'm going, God, this is so much fun, but I'm so tired. I just want to go to sleep.
1: Honestly, that, that's actually when like, I think, but it's also because I think like your inhibitions are just not there anymore. So it's like the control physical realm is not like you're able to let go of it more fully that way. Yeah. As funny as that is.
0: But astral projecting is a lot of fucking fun, you guys. It
1: it can be. Yeah. It is
0: a lot of fun. (laughs) It's the safest plane that you can be on as long as you don't go too far.
1: So then there are some other manifestation methods. um, And I found this through a Facebook witch group that I'm a part of. And it was kind of like it actually I I really included it because even though it's kind of simplistic and was like put in like a little like image for you to easily read sort of thing i kind of tried but to confirm we love some simplicity. of these things well yeah like right like the little like charts and stuff but at the same time i did look some of these up and they did come up in different articles as i was looking for material for our podcast um and it actually came up without me searching like it just it was the thing for the day and i was like wow this i i i meant to talk about this you know mm-hmm where it manifested itself in front of me <laughs> so the first one that is also the one i have the most details on because it it has been written about in a variety of articles at this point because it's become so popular is the three six nine method
0: Ooh. Three six nine. damn she fine
1: hoping oh, she can talk it to me one no more time, time. get, get low. low get
0: low get low get low <laughs> or in this case Get high, increase your <laughs> vibrations, get high. To the window. <laughs> to, to the, the sky. <laughs> <laughs> to the spirit the drips and falls. Up the sky. Oh
1: my goodness, you're killing me. <laughs> to
0: all your egos crawl.
1: Oh my God.
0: Aski ski unhealed motherfuckers. Aski <laughs> ski unhealed motherfuckers.
1: You so just turned that song into a manifestation i'm
0: basically <laughs> weird al jaron weird jaron michael williams oh, oh wait that's okay everybody <laughs> knows my name
1: <laughs> oh my goodness well anywho so the three six nine <laughs> you're gonna write the desire three times in present tense the intent or future tense of what you'll do to achieve that In a more you know in a basic form i guess you can do it in detail if you really want but six times so just keeping in mind that you'll have to write that six times and then write the outcome um, that you wish to have happen in the future tense nine times. Um, and it just mentioned that, but a variety of different sources would say to do this regularly. So maybe you want to do this with like each step along the way to whatever you're trying to manifest. Um, and where does that 369 come from? So it primarily comes from numerology, which is a whole another big topic. But three briefly represents magic, creativity, and experience expression six overall represents harmony and nine often represents the completion of a cycle and yet not necessarily an end
0: yes and i would like to add something onto that so within my belief system three Mm -hmm. is the beginning six is death and then nine is um the afterlife and or the beginnings of like the end of that cycle plus like the final destination
1: Ooh, i like that Okay.
0: Because uh, I can't wait to get into numerology because of hmm. the, because of the power of three, six, and nine, mm-hmm. and um, nine is release, so like the end.
1: Yes, yes, and this can be three, six, nine itself can be an angel number. Like I did look that up. Yeah. Um, it is a particular angel number as well Okay. Um, so just FYI that in itself Um, and it also has to do with the fact that 3 plus 6 also equals 9 Right. so there's a lot of power in the combo of the 3 together Um, but also the other thing I did want to mention and you talked about the power of 3's I didn't have this originally on the list but honestly just doing something 3 times um, there can be power in that again it does represent magic creativity and expression Um, also doing things in sets of threes so two things about this from a positive standpoint yes there is said to be a lot of power in that from numerology standpoint it also has its roots in the Wicca, Wiccan side um, of, of witchcraft mm-hmm. however we also must recognize that part of witchcraft is not having rules and is recognizing that there are so many different ways to practice that we would never um, gatekeep Mm -hmm. um and block people from finding their own path like that's part of the point of witchcraft so um you do not have to do things in the form of threes that really does come from the wicca stuff that came around in like the eight late 80s and early 90s but that is still something that is popular today and if that helps you believe in something and again like the i I think where the basis is, is that from the prior episode on this, doing something repetitively and having that affirmation and doing it over and over again can be helpful. So it's like, it's like going back to that base concept. So I wanted to make sure to highlight that because there are differences in practice and that is okay. Um, That's something that I want to keep in my mind as I continue on my own journey too. Yeah, And I like how you said that you have your own meaning right? Mm-hmm. Like for some of this, you know, the numerology aspect. So that also points to things. I mean, I can tell from what we talk about, we're on our own unique journeys as much as we're sharing in it together too. Yeah. Um, so meditation with focus on the topic of what you're trying to manifest. So we, we talked about this briefly, but just highlighting the power of meditation as a way to kind of like let everything else out while you can like truly actually think about what it is that you want to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, That can be very powerful. Um, Manifestation jars. So it would be a special container. Perhaps you have a special crystal inside. Perhaps it, you know, you've done a blessing or a ritual with that jar to cleanse it first. Also to make sure that, you know, the right energy is around this, but it would hold all of your, um, usually written down intentions desires of what you want to manifest um and your request to the universe and then you would hold on to those things and then when they're no longer providing value or let's say you've accomplished these things again like i said earlier you can you know let's say either burn them or you can bury them things like that but you know as you go through them it's also important to take them out um a journal to write about your goals and journey to achieve them. Uh scripting, which is related but a little bit different. So you're gonna basically describe the experience you wish to have before it happens. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool. It's like how it it's writing down the visualization process. Right. And maybe that works for someone better because they learn more about what they want and how they wanna do it through writing. Mm-hmm. Um the pillow method, which honestly reminds me all the way back to our Sawan episode of when the girls would put the, the freaking apples under the pillow. and yeah. be like, I'm going to manifest my one true love the next morning. And it
0: was her cousin. And
1: that apple looked like Cousin Johnny. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But basically, literally, you're going to place the paper, which is a lot, uh, a lot nicer to deal with than an apple under your pillow, with the written manifestation or goal under your pillow. Um, every night you read what's on it and focus on that prior to going to sleep. Um, alternatively, you can do it each morning, especially if it's more like an affirmation that you want to say out loud to start to start your day with the 17 second rule. So that's basically something where you focus on a thought for 17 seconds. I don't I don't know how someone. I'm sorry, but I can't focus on something and also say I got to make sure that it's 17 seconds because I'd be counting. That's ADHD for you in a nutshell. So this would not work for me. I would literally have to have something visualized like next to me that shows me when it is. So it'd be too hard for me to focus. But if you can do this, great. Um, To activate the vibration and energy of the thought, and that's more of like a power of attraction technique. Um, I didn't look into this, but I'm guessing the 17 seconds comes from like numerology potentially as well i know this number seven is important like each number is important for certain things
0: well 17 technically equals the number eight because you take True. you take the two numbers and you you keep adding them until you get down to one single oh digit.
1: yes yes yes
0: and that single digit that you get is the core lesson um teaching or guidance that you are supposed to be receiving okay okay so and again numbers are going to be different for other people eight for me is a safe number because it is um my angel number four multiplied by two and when eight is represented in my life it means that um i am safe Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i don't know what specifically 17 would be for the 17 second rule Mm -hmm. but in my way in my head i would say if i do that that means i'm going to be safe and i'm doing this for my greater good Yeah. So that's just how I would associate that.
1: Yeah. So I figured it's specific for a reason. I was just, I'm thinking to myself, I know in a practical sense that wouldn't work for me. But for some people it might like, but I'm like, I can't think about 17 seconds and actually focus on something that I'm supposed to be focusing on at the same time. That's It's not going to work. Right. And then the last but not least is the 55 times 5, which I actually did see in a few places. Um, From what I understand, it's maybe like an older, more popular way to do things. Um, But basically, you're going to write that manifestation 55 times each day. So hopefully, maybe it's a little bit of like a shorter one, like a sentence Uh um, for five days. It helps really focus and take on the energy of what it is you're trying to accomplish. Um, I kind of just had like my own note, like for ADHDers, years, also known as hyper focusing. Um, I didn't know how I felt about that one. I like the, the triple five thing and it kind of makes it easy to remember. I also think that like if you doing something 55 times for five days straight, it is going to be in your head and you're going to focus on it. But because when I read about it a little bit more in detail, I think it came from like an older, more like popularized philosophy. Like, I don't know if it came around the time of like the secret and the original law of attraction stuff, but it kind of goes against what more of the recent articles and those professional witches were talking about like letting things go and going with the flow a little bit too at the same time and like being careful about not hyper focusing so much that it can become toxic in a different way Um, and you don't want that to take away from like what you need to do to get through your day you know your responsibilities. Now if this helps you meditate and gets you into that meditative state, I think that's great.
0: Yeah, it, Catholics use rosaries of 108 prayers, right? Yeah, like I, if that works. That's,
1: that's amazing. 108 um, 9. Oh, I don't even remember. But either way, mm-hmm. like if I it know. if it works, that's great. Just I think being careful about not letting that become almost more of like an OCD type of thing
0: an unhealthy obsession yeah so you're not gonna get me to write something 30 times let alone 55 times five times five five days days in a row you're gonna be thinking about that
1: to me i know for myself that's gonna make me think i'm like what am i not doing enough of to make like the first step happen or the second step happen and to get to this goal. Like, because especially if it's a longer one, like if we're talking short term goals that we're like, man, we got to remember we got to get going maybe. But like, if I'm talking about a term goal doing that, it's, it's way too obsessive for my type of personality because I, I, I obsess over things and overthink and overanalyze to begin with. Well, I I
0: wanted to ask you, (laughs) do you know what 55 times five is? Two hundred and seventy five. Okay. And then add two those. Two plus seven plus five, fourteen. One or plus, plus nine. Well or
1: you said two seventy nine.
0: No, two seventy five. Oh, okay. So and then seven plus two is nine. Okay. Plus fifteen is fourteen. Okay. One plus four is five.
1: Five. Oh my god. So it all comes back it to all five. It comes back to the number it five. It kinda of creeps so me out a little. Like,
0: so it's like what what importance does the number five hold? Yeah. N- number five is one of my favorite numbers because my first name has five letters in it, but no, I like that. Like I can't that remember I what kid. my
1: like what my actual like life number is. I, I've done this multiple times. I don't remember what it is at this point. Yeah. It's been a while. Um my friend Vicky and I have talked about that a bit. Um shout out to Vicky. She knows Hi, she, Vicky. she knows her numerology stuff. She's good. Hey Vicky, hit <laughs> me up.
0: Let's let's chat some numbers.
1: <laughs> um but yeah, no, she's she's definitely really good at that stuff. Um but yeah, I I'm like All of it going back to five. It almost like cruised me out a little bit because it's like, it's, yeah, Yeah. that's very
0: interesting though. I bet Vicky is just shitting her pants right now. (laughs) She's like, oh my God, I was doing that math too, Jared. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Wow. Well, everybody, thank you so very much for coming and chatting with us. Our next week's episode, I know that we already have it figured out. We're not going to tell you guys yet. who knows?
1: I've like I have think that's gotta be <laughs> at this oh point. God. I'm getting tired, y'all. I'm losing my mind. I'm, I'm sorry. getting tired too.
0: I'm trying to end this and Heather <laughs> wants to talk about how she doesn't really want to be on a planet. And I I I think there's food downstairs for me. Anyway. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our show this week and for last week and every other week after every continuously and every can yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to our show. <laughs> We love you so very much. And uh don't forget to uh follow us and uh hit us up on Instagram and social media. All of that is in our episode description, and we love you so very much.
1: Love you guys. Thanks, Jared, for
0: that. (laughs) And you will hear from us next week, and this is us signing out. Bye. Bye.